Hey, what's up, friends? This is episode two of the Parents at Play podcast. I'm the dad, Asa. And I'm the mom, Reagan. And you are the listener. <laughs> if you listened to the first episode, like so many people did, thank you. You guys are awesome. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. You said so many nice things, and we look forward to hearing what else you have to say. And again, if you have those suggestions, let us know. But like we stated in the first episode, we are going to be starting our Avatar series. We're going to be talking about Avatar The Last Airbender. And uh, yeah, it's going to, we're going book by book and we're splitting each book up into two parts. Six episodes of Avatar. But we figure since this is parents at play and we are parents, that we're going to start things off talking about some of our parenting life. Like... We're just going to be recapping one of our highs and one of our lows of the week with our son. Yeah. I would say that the high for the week for Link um, would be that he started eating eggs tonight, which might not sound like a big deal, but we are starting like uh, baby lead weaning where they eat more of what you eat. Yeah, like that's, that's a huge win. Yeah, we're trying to wean off of straight up purees and go towards more solid like what we eat food and that was our first not our first attempt because we've had many attempts and he has not been about it but (laughs) this was like our first successful one and um i think a low keeping it food related is that boy has been getting hangry Oh, like yeah. If, <laughs> Especially when it comes to, like, not the breastfeeding part, but the puree, like, the we're going to sit in the high chair and eat part. Yeah. Like, he knows, okay, it is time. I should be eating this right now. He has this, like, this, it's cute, but, like, this high-pitched cry when he's like, what are you doing? And he just, it snaps. It's, like, zero to a hundred. Yeah. It's, yeah. There's no warning. He's just like, I'm hungry. Why am I still Feed sitting me. here with no food? Yeah, it's it's so <laughs> cute, and it's hard not to just be like, oh, my gosh, because obviously we want to feed him. Yeah, hey, but if you have any stories about feeding your kids, baby led, yeah. you share it with us. We'd love to hear it, but let's jump into. So we are going to be starting with book one. We're going to be doing episodes one through ten, and just a... Ooh, 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 ooh. What? Before we dive into the first episode. We can't start talking about Avatar without you doing the intro. How about this? How about I try to fumble my way through it so then it's all like broken up and then you can just help me. Earth. No, no. it's because we're watching Core. <laughs> it's because we're watching Core that that was the first thing that I wanted to say. Great start. <laughs> and I was trying to talk like Tenzin. Oh my goodness. All right. Um, water. Water. Earth. <laughs> Earth. Fire. Fire. Air. Long, Long ago, ago the, the four nations, the four nations lived together, lived in, together harmony. In, harmony. in harmony. But then. one, oh, then one day. No, no, then. Then. Everything changed. Everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar. Only the Avatar. Master of, Master all, of all four elements can. Could stop. Could stop them. But when the world needed oh, him but, most. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed. A hundred years passed. Then my brother and I f- discovered 
The new avatar. The new avatar, an airbender named Aang. And though... And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. Anyone, yes. But I believe... But I believe... Aang can, can save, save the world. The world. <laughs> Nailed it. So good. Okay, so we're going to start with book one, which is water. Water. H2O. <laughs> And we're going to just kind of go through episodes 1 through 10 and talk about stuff that stood out to us in each episode. Yeah. So, episode 1, The Boy in the Iceberg. The Boy in the Iceberg. Very first episode. I think off the bat, the first thing that kind of annoyed me was Sokka at the very beginning being very misogynistic. Dude is just straight up sexist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the man. I defend. I didn't love that, but also I can empathize with the fact that he has been raised and left behind to be the man of the village. Yeah. So I get it. And now that I think about it, their culture is very hunter-gatherer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, not that women can't hunt, but in their culture, that's just like the way it is. Not to defend his... Right. I get it. Stone age thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I feel like this episode was pretty wholesome. Yeah, it's all about, even though we get introduced to everybody who is going to be really important, at least for the first book, I feel like this first episode is about Sokka and Katara. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Aang doesn't really go into details. We don't know that he's the Avatar at this point. That is something that he is keeping to himself. Right. And we do get introduced to Grand Grand and the villagers and the foam at the mouth guy, right? Oh, is yeah. he there? There's, there's like <laughs> or a is different that... foam in the mouth guy in every single village. You know what I just like realized? And it's in the opening of the episode. It's it's opening up with those two in a freaking canoe in the middle of like the the arctic ocean how terrifying what in the no, world no thank you there's antarctica yeah antarctica broken uh what are they called the thing that ripped Iceberg? down the titanic but they've got an itty bitty canoe <laughs> swerving in and out yeah oh my gosh no thank you i know that sounds terrifying it's like the first time you get a good look at the the relationship between people who can bend and people who can't because there's a little bit of disdain yeah. in Sokka whenever Katara's bending. And then mm-hmm. she has no control over it. She's like ripping and roaring everywhere. Because and... she's mad at him for being dumb. This episode isn't too exciting. It's just the intro. It is very intro to be intro. And isn't the first go-round either. You can actually easily see the original pilot with... A different voice actor. Mitchell Musso. Mitchell, <laughs> Mitchell Musso. <laughs> different names. Kaya instead of Katara. Which is a cool call out because then they use Kaya later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and the animation like isn't as good. But I always like it when, when shows do stuff like that where they show like yeah. that. The concept art stuff. I honestly didn't know that Mitchell Musso voiced Aang originally. Which was <laughs> crazy to me because I loved him in Hannah Montana. Oh, so barf. When worlds collide. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway. Uh, moving on, the next episode is... Now stuff is starting to get Yeah, cooked. the Avatar returns. Because 
this whole time, even though they find this boy in a giant frozen bubble, they don't stop to think to themselves, hmm. maybe this kid is the Avatar. Right, and he's clearly an airbender. That is weird. Like, I wonder, I mean, there's the rest of the world know? But they're so isolated. They don't, I guess. They don't have people coming in and out. There's the tiny water tribe. A real quick sidebar. It's interesting how separated from the world the southern water tribe is when you like flash forward to the end and because even their sister tribe is very their sister tribe is massive yeah and they talk about how the southern tribe used to be massive how did it get so dwindled i don't know i mean i'm sure they talk about it in some random side episode and i just didn't remember that factoid but so yeah we're, we're in episode two now in case you didn't know this is the one where um they go penguin sledding Katara and Aang love that because it's their first official date. We we are, a, what's it called? Katang. Katang. <laughs> Makes me think of Tang the orange drink. And then the other one is... Um, Zutara. Zutara, yes. Honestly, ships are whatever, you, you know. You can ship it's, who you want to ship, if, but there yeah. is a right answer. There is a canon answer. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Katang. But anyway. Anyway. But as we get to book two, I feel like there may be a... A couple of smidgens. I will say, I am confused by the people who say that it came out of nowhere. That Katara and Aang came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. that, that doesn't make sense. That is extremely confusing to me because from episode one. Yeah, episode one, you could tell that they're like. They're Aang is clearly Blushing cheeks. Yes. Batting eyelashes. But we can get more into that as we get further and further. We're going to. We're going to sidestep this entire podcast and just talk about ships. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then the trap gets set off when they oh. go into the warship and the Fire Nation comes to the Water Tribe. And then the Fire Nation attacks. Yes. <laughs> I mean, how terrifying would that be when you think about the, the last time that the Fire Nation came to the Southern Water Tribe is when Katara and Sokka's mom was killed. Yeah, so that was probably really triggering and traumatic for not even just those two but like the, the village. entire village because yeah. at this point all of the warriors are gone it's just kids it's and right. old people and can we talk about how terrifying it is that soot soot rains on them before they arrive yes and by the time you see the soot it is too late to it's, escape it's over it's like and where are you gonna escape you're gonna go into the iceberg <laughs> there's nowhere to go yeah are you gonna go just put your head in the snow <laughs> like a snowy ostrich thinking about that in real life that would be so scary it's that is one of the most terrifying calling cards because you expect rain and snow to fall down from the sky it's almost like that chicken little thing like the sky is falling you don't expect blood soot meatballs anything else to fall down from the sky and as soon as it does fear yeah terror you immediately know what is coming for you (laughs) your your life is over yeah run especially with them having no warriors besides Sokka right and I mean at that point he isn't really a fighter right so then obviously Aang goes with Zuko and this I think is a big moment for Sokka and Katara because they are leaving the village. They're going to rescue Aang and they have to say goodbye to Grand Grand in their village. I mean, it's all they've known. They've never left the Southern Water Tribe. It's scary. It's very Fellowship of the Ring. You know what I mean? Like, when Sam's like, this is the furthest that I've ever 
been from the Shire. And I feel like we've all been in those points where like Mm -hmm. you... It's just that coming of age moment. Yeah. They just had it a lot younger than most people. Like that's a scary feeling. It's so scary. And they're kids too. It's crazy. Which is nuts. Yeah. And then I have to point out, I love the scene where Katara and Sokka are on Appa and Sokka's being a douche as normal saying, (laughs) this thing can't fly, whatever. And Katara, of course, being Katara is like, no, we're going to make this work. And she was trying all of the words. And I believe it was Sokka who said, yep, yep. Yeah, it was. It was. And then Appa's just like, boom, (laughs) I'm flying. I love that. And then Sokka acts like he's not excited when Katara looks at him. Remember? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Trying to act all cool. Yeah, I love that. And then they save Aang. Another moment of this episode that sticks out to me is when they tell Aang that we're coming with you. And Aang is like, whoa, you guys don't hate me for lying to you and not telling you that I'm the Avatar? Yeah, because... And bringing the Fire Nation to your village? And they had every right because he brought them there. Not just because he set up the that flare thing, but he never told them that he was the Avatar. And then, like, the fact that that impacted the rest of the village too not just them having to depart but now the village has to lose someone else yeah and the village loses their only warrior <laughs> their only warrior and their well, only waterbender he was not a, a war- good warrior right kid was getting his face shoved in the dirt right so then we move on to episode three which is the southern air temple oh this, this is when crap gets real frank yes this i feel like this is when the show gets so real so fast this is when he has the realization how long was I in that iceberg? Yeah. And I feel like the guilt really sets in for him, too, knowing, like, I could have helped. I yeah. could have... Because that's Aang. He he never wants to hurt anybody. Oh, my gosh. Imagine being Aang, who, to his core, wouldn't even hurt a fly. Yeah. He's a vegetarian. <laughs> and then he realizes so. that his entire... His entire... Everybody, his people, were yeah. murdered. And he left. They give us all those flashbacks, too. They don't show all of, like, the internal stuff with him, but I'm sure that probably destroyed him. Yeah. Well, and, like, the 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 one that set him off and put him into the Avatar state for the first time was Monk, what's, what's I can't pronounce. Gyatso. Gyatso. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, which is, like, basically his dad slash grandpa because he was raised by these monks. The dude was, like, his best friend and how how traumatizing finding like your dad's skeleton and like not just body his decayed like his skin is gone (laughs) it's literally his bones he's still in the clothes that you recognize him yeah and And it's your fault they came for you it's not really his fault but he feels like it's his fault but i mean they were they were after him he wasn't there so you know he feels that that's like yeah all him yeah i can't even imagine and how traumatizing that was for him and he goes into the avatar state it's his first time that katara and Sokka see it yeah i was like really hating on ang up until this point but monk gyatsu he was seriously was so much like a father figure to Aang because when Aang found out he was the Avatar, which he was freaking 12. Yeah. He's, he's sixth grade, zits, puberty. Uh, his whole life was his friends, I'm he, sure. Yeah, his friends. Like, he's starting to get self-conscious about the tickle in his throat because his voice is changing. Like, <laughs> his, his, li- his life is changing in a pivotal moment, and now it's changing again. Yeah. He's not allowed to hang out with anybody, but 
Monk Yatsu tries so hard to give him a regular He fights life, for Aang. Yeah. Fights for Aang. And he was going to... He was trying to hide Aang away because he just wanted Aang to live his to life. To be a kid. Be the Avatar. And not and, only was oh, he... No. He wasn't taken away from his friends. His friends didn't want to hang out with him anymore because he was the Avatar. They straight up were like, yo, we, and they're like, we're not playing Quidditch with you. <laughs> I don't know what that game was called. <laughs> Something with the air and the ball. Air balls. Yeah. It's crazy to me when i sit and i actually think about how sad that would have been to be 12 and your entire life changes and it's like you all of a sudden have to be okay with the fact that you're the avatar it's because we're watching cora now that all i can think of is cora was like a baby and she was doing like all the elements she was like i'm the avatar just that weird juxtaposition of those two so now they know what they have to do they already knew that they needed to get a waterbending train. Uh, they basically trainer. set their sights to the Northern Water Tribe. Right. So then we go to episode four, which is the Warriors of Kyoshi, which <gasps> is Suki. Yeah, baby. I am a huge, 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 huge Suki fan. I love her. She's amazing. All the <laughs> Kyoshi Warriors are just in this incredible this whole adventure happened because <laughs> he wanted a joyride on a fish yeah after finding out there was a <laughs> genocide of your people let's go ride a koi fish <laughs> like that Mom, i feel like that just rings i know i just feel like that rings home that he is a child yeah he is 12 years old like you can't process that type of information <laughs> when you're that young like it's funny but then at the same time it's really sad it's like, <laughs> and they're just like going along with it they should be like dude are you okay? but they're kids too like i think Sokka was maybe 16 katara was 14 like they're anyway yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay i think my favorite part of this episode has to be suki putting Sokka into his place yeah i love Seriously. that oh my gosh <laughs> amazing not only is she a warrior a trained warrior but she takes this sexist man puts him <laughs> on his butt and then he definitely, I think that's where a big move, a big change in Sokka happens when he's like, oh, shoot, like, the world isn't so small. Like, I'm. Yeah. it's not just the Southern Water Tribe. The world is big, and there are powerful women, and my mindset is backwards. Like, I got it. Because, I mean, if you think about it, all he's around is old women. Right, yeah. Kids and his sister. Like, <laughs> it would be a little hard to not feel that way. Well, and when your dad tells you, hey, you're the protector of the village now. I think it he meant well, but I also appreciate that when he discovered that his ideas were wrong and backwards, that he, I feel like, pretty well changed his viewpoint. Yeah. He still has some moments, but I think he definitely, he never underestimated Suki ever again. No, I mean, he straight up was like, okay, will you teach me? And never underestimated the Kyoshi Warriors, period. He was very respectful and... And then Zuko basically comes down and tries to burn down Kyoshi Island. With his freaking Sith Wayfinder. How does this... I'm not even kidding. If you look at the summary of every episode, it's like, yeah, this happens, this happens, and then Zuko finds them. Like, how? There's no, no, you, it's not possible. So then we move on to the next episode, which is the King of Omashu, yes. which is Boomy. Boomy. I love Boomy. I think this is a nice treat for Aang because he went through so much trauma going to his home and it being gone, basically. 
to getting to go to Omashu. He knows Omashu. He had been there before. He was talking about his old friend, Boomy. Also, Boomy is kooky as heck. (laughs) Yes. I love this episode. I just love the... Like, it makes you think, especially when you're watching it for the first time and you're trying to help Aang figure out the puzzles that Boomy's putting him through. Yeah. With his friends being in danger the entire time. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of scary, but <laughs> it's also, I don't think Boomy would have actually hurt them. No, it was, it almost feels like just an elaborate test to be like, hey, bro, do you remember me? To really make him think about it, think as hard as he could because his friends are in danger. Yeah. And then at the end the last puzzle being to figure out who this old king is and i mean at this point i don't think we mentioned ang didn't even know who the king oh, yeah. was he didn't, didn't know no that idea. it was boomy because boomy was a hundred years old he didn't know just some but boomy knew who ang was yeah. because obviously he looks the exactly. identical to before yes um he i just arrows on his head i love <laughs> that i just love this episode and i love boomy i love how like the beginning of it starts with Aang talking about his memories of Boomy sliding in those uh, male shoots and mm-hmm. things, and then here they are at the very end. Like once they they figure out who each other are, and and Boomy freaking gives him like this doomsday speech. They're like, "Hey, let's go relive those uh the sliding memories." Yeah, this is also really important. This is where Aang realizes that he has to master the the last three elements, and then also he has to defeat Fire Lord Ozai. Boomy is the first person to make that clear to him. Yeah. Now let that sink in as a 12-year-old. I have to defeat <laughs> this Fire Lord who's probably like 40. Yeah. I don't know. He already ran away once. You, I guarantee he yeah. wants to run away. And that again. is interesting to think about. His natural instinct is to run away. Freaking wimp. No. <laughs> I just... Uh, you see that this is like... When they're doing the whole trials thing, or like when he's... I don't know what you call them, the puzzles. There's that, like, where he wants to to fight somebody and then he picks Boomy to fight. And this whole thing, Aang is just, like, dodging and running and dodging and running. And I'm like, dude, I realize that you don't know how to use the other elements, but you are an airbending master. Will you fight back, please? Well, and oh. I mean, if you think about it, though, the air... Well, they were air nomads. Yeah, they, they were, were air nomads. But they were very around. peaceful. They weren't using their airbending for evil or yeah. for for even for fighting i'm sure they knew, they knew self-defense like, yeah, self-defense but he really was i'm sure just trained in running and like dodging and <laughs> not being like tenzin <laughs> oh my gosh amazing Tenzin's take that shirt off <laughs> okay <laughs> so now we're gonna move on to the next episode which is imprisoned this imprisoned. is where our boy Haru comes in. Love that dude. <laughs> Although he looks like the most generic Naruto side character. I I mean I guess I love him. Although he looks like Bay later on when he gets that mustache. Yeah, the goatee thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay, so this episode is so interesting because I feel like it's a good Katara episode. Yes, very. If you're a Katara fan, this is especially when you're first getting to know her. This is like a good indicator of who she is basically they're in this earth kingdom where it is illegal to earthbend yeah and this town is full of earthbenders but it is illegal to earthbend and if you earthbend you the firebenders bring you to because it's controlled by the fire yes. nation yeah so haru the earthbender that they meet there his father is in prison 
They're just walking along a path, and this old man's trapped under a boulder. Yeah, and Katara is freaking out because to her core, she just wants to help people. It doesn't matter who or what she has to do. She will help whoever she can and convinces Haru to Earthbend to save this old man. Yeah. Well, this old man <laughs> sucks. Screw this old... They should have left him in the dirt because <laughs> he's going to end up there anyways. Well, okay. <laughs> anyway, he goes and tells on Haru for saving his life. See what I mean? Leave the boulder on him. So Screw annoying. This guy. So then Haru, sweet, sweet Haru, gets sent to the same prison that his father's at. I mean, at least they're reunited. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then I love the little sneaky plan that Team Avatar comes up with to pretend that oh, yeah. Katara is uh, an earthbender. Using the air bending to uh, blow up the rock. Yes. She's like, look, earthbending. So then Katara obviously gets put in the prison as well. I feel like this is just the first indicator of who Katara is. At the prison, everybody's so beaten down. I mean, these, morale is an all-time low. Yeah, these are well-established earthbenders that haven't earthbended in who knows how long, and they are just so defeated, and they don't even want to try to escape. They're, I mean, they're complacent. Like they, they're not happy to be there, but they know they're not going anywhere else. So they're like, well, might as well just stay here. I mean, and there's. There's kids in there, obviously, because Haru's in there, but there's old people. Like, yeah. who knows how long yeah. these people have just been in this prison where they've taken out any earth. It's surround your metal in water. Yeah. yeah. So then Katara devises a plan. I just love this part because she just is not giving up on them because she tries to get them. <laughs> she does that whole speech and they're like, shut up, kid. Basically. <laughs> and then eventually gets them to fight back and free themselves but i mean just imagine being a 14 year old female in a prison full of older men willingly throwing herself into prison yes to rescue these men and she's like come on what are you guys doing yeah earthbend (laughs) and they're just like nah we're good I, I don't know. I just think that shows her bravery. She just loves people and she just wants to help everybody. Unfortunately, though, she does lose her necklace at the end of this episode. Oh, that's right. Which I don't know if we talked about, but it's her mother's necklace. No, we never talked about that. Which it's, again, Zuko gets it and Zuko gets her he mother's probably necklace. plugs it into his navigating computer and finds them with it somehow. What? <laughs> so anyway, Zuko ends up with the necklace and... We're on to the next episode. So the next episode is The Spirit World, Winter Solstice, Part 1. Basically, Sokka gets captured, so Aang has to figure out how he's going to rescue him. And I love this episode because this is our first introduction into Aang's previous incarnation, which is Avatar Roku. Oh, yes. Who was the firebender. Inspired a long line of technology. We have a Roku TV. Oh, my gosh. A dad joke? (laughs) Love Roku. He was amazing. I think that was probably the only thing that I really liked about this episode. The rest of it just seemed... It seemed very like this whole thing was a MacGuffin just to tell you about... A filler. Yeah, a filler to tell you about the winter solstice and a slight reference to the comet. The main part is... Aang meets Roku and doesn't know who he is until Roku tells him that he was the avatar before him and that he really needed to talk to Aang. He like mentioned a comet and that 
they needed to figure out a way to talk to Roku because Mm -hmm. the only time that they can talk is during the winter solstice. So then that kind of gave Aang his next thing he needs to figure out is how is he going to talk to him during the winter solstice. So then the next episode is Avatar Roku Winter Solstice Part 2. This is such a good episode. This is when they travel to the Fire Temple so that they are able to contact Roku. Yeah, this episode was intense. I feel like mm-hmm. this was one of the first like really good, I call it a chase scene episode. Yeah. Because everything feels very claustrophobic. They're barely making it. There's a blockade yeah. at the beginning. Every single junction that they come across is danger. And it's like, all right, we got to redirect. And redirect, it's so redirect. crazy because Aang gets there and is expecting the five sages to be welcoming oh, because yeah. they're supposed to be the Avatar's ally. But it turns out that, no, they serve the Fire Lord. Mm-hmm. So Someone else is in them pockets. Yeah. Thankfully, there was one guy, though, who was still the Avatar's <laughs> ally and manages to like sneak them or tries to sneak them in the room but they Zuko ends up getting there it just gets crazy yeah and oh my word how smart are they to hide but pretend like they're in the room so remember they put those like those bomb things yeah because they were trying to get into the room but But it had to be five firebenders to to blow the doors open and the trumpet looking things i don't know what they're called yeah um (laughs) team avatar is hiding um but they made the sages think that they were already in the room so they're trying to get in the room to stop the avatar from contacting roku because they know that that's going to give them like the leg up well they know what ang is going to find out and they don't want ang to find out what Roku's going to tell them. I just think that is so smart. And then obviously they just open the doors and that whole scene of them trying to get in, trying to get (laughs) Aang and Aang literally barely made it in before they shut the the door shut and then they couldn't get back in. Yeah. And then wasn't it an issue where then they were trying to get back in and they couldn't get back in? No, they were trying to get back in and they were almost back in. They, They were trying to get back in, but they were being fought. By Team Avatar. Okay, yeah. Uh, so then, Zuko helps them get back in. So the biggest part of this episode, I think, is Aang finding out. Okay, so a few episodes back, he found out, I'm going to have to fight and defeat Fire Lord Ozai at some point. Yeah, he's like, i got some time. Yeah. I'll just do it someday. So then Roku was like, um, actually, no. Sozin's comment is at the end of this summer. So yeah, you're going to have to defeat him before. You've got three months. Yeah. <laughs> So, wow, what a whirlwind. And yeah. then Roku ends up helping Aang because they were completely surrounded. I think at that point, Zhao had been back and captured the sage who was the traitor. Oh, yeah. Everybody was there. They were busting on They were there. waiting for Aang to come out of there and just arrest him. And Roku did like this weird reanimation thing because it was Aang's body but it was but Roku's, it was Roku's spirit yeah and he was like blowing fire like it was super Very freaking cool. intense everything I wanted Aang to be at that point <laughs> <laughs> so he destroyed the temple so that team avatar could barely get away right. but they got away and now they have this huge information and Aang is sitting on this terrible news that he is gonna have to kill the fire lord in just a few months and learn and all learn, of the yes, elements. That was the thing that got me. He only he has knows air. In three Crazy. months. Not just learn it. Master. Babe, he's got to be a freaking master. Yes. 
wild. Because of what? He's going to learn how to splash some water. And he's like, yeah. all right, put your dukes up. Ozai. Right. So then we move on to the next episode, which is the waterbending scroll. The beginning of this episode is interesting because they decide, you know, we have only a few months. Let's start waterbending. Let's try and practice waterbending now. Yeah, so Katara is like, I'll just teach Aang what I know so far. And to her... <laughs> it's a good thought. Like, get, yeah. it, get him that head start. Yeah, definitely. And unfortunately for her, he surpasses her so quickly. And that's super frustrating for her, obviously. Mm-hmm. She's been a waterbender her whole life. Hasn't had training. Right. But still knowing who she is she gets really frustrated because she's like what the heck i've been practicing this for like six years or (laughs) for however long and he's already surpassed me and i think this is a good like i feel like one thing i really like about this show and we'll just like keep getting into it obviously (laughs) because we're gonna do this whole thing but i feel like the writers did a really good job at like leveling everybody up and really setting those differences like okay ang is the avatar yeah even though he's an airbender and he's a master at that and he has to learn everything else he's still the avatar so he's gonna pick things up pretty quickly and i just think that they did a really really good job with that because it was just it was cool to see him struggling at first and then all of a sudden just like yeah (laughs) a magical mystical water man and then they obviously find this water scroll, but it's from pirates, and they have no money. Dude, this episode is so cool. Yeah. I love the pirate up, like, yeah. everything and about it. It's interesting because Katara does something that she is the opposite of who she is, and she steals. Yeah. That's how you know how much that this was bothering her, that Aang was better than her at waterbending at this point, is that she steals this water scroll from these pirates. And for some reason, one of my favorite things about this episode is the shop that she steals the scroll from. Like, for me, it was a very good world-building moment to see, like, all right, this world has pirates. Yeah. And look at all these treasures that they've stolen all over the world. Yeah. You get a real sense of, like, the timing of where they are with, I don't know, like, we don't know what year it is, but yeah. you get a sense of what era it is and, like, seeing all the cool jewels and just all the stuff like the water scroll itself it's just i don't know i just thought it was cool to see all the stuff they've stolen from all over the world yeah and you get a real sense of everything and it's interesting because it's like you wouldn't think that there would be pirates in this world i don't know why you just it's not something that comes to mind yeah and obviously all heck breaks loose because pirate pirates are pirates yeah and then zuko learns that they have a common interest kind of oh, and they shoot. yeah they meet up and they use each other for their own benefit they found out ang was the avatar and they're like um we're not giving him to you we want the money that we would money, get honey but thankfully during all of the commotion team avatar was able to get away and to katara's surprise Sokka was able to get the waterbending scroll in a very scooby-doo moment like the scuffles just all in this yeah. big pluff of of smoke um but this was like another reminder to me of Zuko's place in this world because the pirates, like you would think that they would be going for the same thing, but for Zuko, capturing the Avatar is different. Like it, it's about yeah, restoring it was... his honor and stuff, but for them, it's just money. Right. So it's just it's 
I don't know. I really liked that reminder that, oh, that's right. Uh, Zuko's Fire Nation, but he's not Fire Nation. I think that that just shows a little tidbit of Zuko's personality is that he cares less about money and more about people respecting him and restoring his honor. Yeah. I think that just shows the type of person that he is. Yeah. And then we are going to go to the next episode, and it's called Jet. Oh, my gosh. I love this episode. <laughs> yeah, so obviously they meet Jet and the Freedom Fighters, um, and they take them back to this awesome treehouse fortress. Very I was, indoor. I know when I was little, I was always so jealous. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever, and they just, like, fly around. Because they're, like, the tallest redwood looking trees mm-hmm. and it's so interesting because they're not benders but yet they have been able to figure out like it's just so interesting to see each region even if they're non-benders they figure out how to get around yeah and they're all kids too yeah right? yeah like it's just a bunch of orphans, they're orphans yeah. yeah so for orphans to not just make tree houses a tree utopia and obviously Jet is interested in Katara, and... (laughs) I can't even explain enough of my disdain for Jet. I love Jet. He's just... He's like... Here's why I don't like Jet. He's early Katara and early Zuko mashed into one. He is emotional and crying about everything, and he's also just equally mad and angry, and I want to kill everything. He's a little bit cuckoo, yeah. yeah. I think he means well with the whole Freedom Fighters thing. He means well by, like, we're going to take from the rich and give to the poor, that whole concept. But he takes it a little bit <laughs> further like a... with, like, murder. Right. And... Robin Hood was no murderer. No, no, he wasn't, but... I just think that comes with his trauma. Obviously, that's not condoning what he does, but there's just so much depth to him that we don't necessarily really get to see a whole lot of. But this is like one of the first times Aang gets jealous of Katara with another guy. Oh, yeah. Because she obviously is smitten by this boy. He's a smooth talking. Yeah, and he's like flying around on these things. This was a really good mid-season finale. It was super good, and it was scary when you figured out that Sokka was right about the fact that they're just going to murder this village of helpless people. And Sokka's not right often. And the thing is, Katara, I know you, I know you were annoyed with Katara in this episode because... because she wasn't listening to Sokka, but that's just who she is. She wants to see the good. But you know, the second she realized that Sokka was right, it was game over for Jet. Yeah. She was like, no, not playing any games. And she got him onto that tree and stuck him there, and it was over. Which was dope. I don't feel like I remember seeing her do straight-up ice powers. This is like one of her first right in front of each other fight like yeah with water because she's done water a ton but has she been freezing people before i don't i don't feel like she's i mean been... i'm sure she has she knows how to obviously she knows how to do it but like yeah. she hasn't really been in combat before and this is her first not her first time but i don't know it's just really cool it's just her obviously ang is there but i feel like she is doing more damage than ang yeah um 
but yeah I just think it's one of those moments where I just grew a lot of respect for her because it was frustrating because we as the viewers knew that Sokka was right but she didn't know that yeah she didn't see what we were seeing and the second she realized that she was like goodbye Jet yeah Dunzo we're Dunzo Steven so then they save the village and I think that is a big moment for team avatar because then they realize we need to trust each other because even ang was like uh, i don't know if you're <laughs> telling the truth sokka i yeah. think you might be exaggerating you might be a little jealous because he's like everybody seems really nice yeah and i think that's the moment where they're like we need to trust each other and if one of us has a feeling or sees something then we need to believe that yeah dang just really quick i want to know so far who your favorite character is just from this i think by this point i don't think i'm actually leaning any certain way because Sokka's a sexist katara's a crybaby ang is aloof uh zuko's just aggro boy so like even nobody... towards the end like when katara and i feel like towards the end they all kind I mean, of redeem themselves in a way yeah they all redeem themselves like at the very end but at this point in the show, halfway through season one, I'm not, like, really favoring anybody. I'm just enjoying the the party as a You're whole. You're not really drawn to anybody? No, everybody's at the same level for me. Okay. I mean, I know you're just Katara all day, every day. <laughs> I, I will say, this might be cheesy, but I've been watching this show since I was, like, eight years old. And oh, boy. Listen, but Katara was the first girl who was my age-ish. Mm-hmm. who was like fighting back and not taking people being sexist towards her and yeah. being brave and not being a side character and being like somebody who wasn't a disney princess yes and she i love that because my whole life i grew up with disney movies and there's nothing wrong with disney movies but sometimes it's nice to see the girl save herself and yeah. like I don't need no man to protect me. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, that's what I love about Katara and I love that she I love how emotional she is and it's just because she cares. I just love her character and I think at this point I would probably if I were to just look at episodes 1 through 10, I would still probably say she was my favorite character in yeah. this time because I feel like she's had so many redeemable moments. Yeah. Because at the beginning she was figuring herself out right. there were annoying moments but she's nothing like sakura i am sorry if you like sakura <laughs> but nothing like sakura well, she actually fights i feel like her emotionalness like when i say that because again there's nothing wrong with having emotions or anything like that but um i feel like her emotionalness evolves over time to where it's actually a little bit more needed and more prevalent versus her i feel like her emotional is at the beginning she's not very controlled as well so a combination of her not really knowing who she is not feeling like she has any specific drive she's a novice at water bending everything is just very beginning stages and it's not just her it's like i said it's for everybody for me nobody is is hitting their mark yeah i i can see that i guess i've never really had a character where i'm just like oh i hate this character or this character is driving me nuts i just I also watched it as an adult. And, yeah, and yeah, and it's totally different. <laughs> I grew up I grew up with these characters, so yeah. it's completely a different perspective. It's, it's literally, if I tried to have you watch Dragon Ball Z now, you'd be like, 
these characters are so annoying. But for me, I'm like, are you kidding me? Krillin is amazing. Or if I tried to watch Naruto when I was younger and I grew up with them. Because I feel like there were a lot of Naruto characters that really annoyed me. Yeah. But man, I love Naruto from day one. Well, I don't know if we could ever do Naruto on this show because... Maybe snippets. Snippets. We'd have to do arcs. We could totally do like about the last, the movie. That's all you ever want to talk about with Naruto. <gasps> I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> but this has been the Parents at Play podcast. Uh, again, this was episodes one through ten. Of, of Avatar the Last Airbender. Of Avatar the Last Airbender, book one, Water. The next episode is going to be the rest of book one. We're going to finish it out. Um, please let us know your thoughts. If you like the show, what you would change, so on and so forth. Because this is new for us together. Yeah, and if this is a good length. They are going to be a little bit longer than 20 minutes. Um, just because <laughs> we're covering a lot of... We're talking about the show. Yeah, we're we talking a lot, a lot of about... opinions. Yes, for sure. Um, but yes, please let us know what you want us to play, what you want us to... Uh, watch things like that so we have suggestions for future episodes and uh, of course that feedback is wonderful i am uh, i'm the dad i'm asa and i'm the mom i'm reagan thank you so much for listening everybody bye bye